Hello and welcome to the Date Night Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Russell, and with me is my co-host, Ashley Russell. yippity doo day For the last six months, you know, we've been talking about what we've been watching here at home. But today, on this episode... Drum roll, please. We have an actual new movie yes. to, to discuss and one that's playing in actual theaters. And, you know, after a number of false starts, you know, theaters here in the States... Uh, they are finally open for the most part. I think there's a, a couple New York and California, I think are, are still kind of in the process of opening, but you know, going to the movies now it's, it's a little different during a pandemic. Yeah. Right. And you know, a lot of people would even question the wisdom of going at all considering, you know, the United States does have like the most infections in the world. And Atlanta. I mean, yeah, we've, we're here in Georgia. Yeah. We've got probably some of the top. Sure, yeah. Infection rate for coronavirus. Lots, lots of infections here in Georgia. <laughs> but theaters have been open here pretty much all summer. They're just, uh, there hasn't been anything new to play until recently. So, like, going into this movie, were you, like, nervous or apprehensive at all about going back to the theater? I was nervous, but at the same time, like, I flew in this pandemic, too, and... I mean, I guess for me, flying would is a lot more nerve-wracking than going to the theaters. I mean, now everything's cleaner. Generally, I think flying is considered pretty safe right now. Yeah. Right? And so, yeah, if, if we can fly safely, if we can all sit on a plane for a few hours safely, yeah. we should be able to sit in a movie theater for a couple hours safely, the, you would I, think. Well, the thing with airplanes is that I guess the, they have a... Something better fi- better filtration better filtration in their system and but. theaters supposedly have upgraded their filter system yeah uh, that's something they've been kind of advertising as far as like you know new safety measures i guess you kind of just have to take them at their word for that you can't like take a tour of the auditorium filtration <laughs> yeah. system like show like, me what's okay. up let me show show me the upgrades i mean every other row was blocked off yeah yeah there weren't people directly it, next to us it wasn't it, it, it wasn't, wasn't crowded. empty, but it wasn't crowded. Right. I mean, it was maybe 40% full. Yeah. You wear masks going into the theater. You wear it while you're in there. And you sit away from people. So, you know, to anyone who I think is, like, apprehensive, it shouldn't be hard to find, like, a matinee showing somewhere. And you can find a seat just, like, off away from yeah. everyone else. You can You can find a seat by yourself. That's really the big thing for me. And that's like pre-pandemic. You were doing that anyway. Post-pandemic. I mean, you, just don't sit directly next to a stranger in a theater. Just Unless g- it's give a packed space. movie. Well, yeah, if it's like yeah, like a big movie, like opening weekend, that's a different deal. You're That's what you're signing up for. Yeah. But yeah, if it's just like a regular show, like middle of the week, there should be plenty of space. I guess that's why theaters, they still feel safe to me because I've never really had trouble if I've wanted to. To socially distance from well, yeah, from other people. You are always the one that if somebody sat next to you, you would actually get up. And, I would literally and get up. Yeah, move to a different spot. If yeah, if we're talking like a half empty theater and you're sitting like one seat away from me, I mean we're not on a date. I mean let's <laughs> let's <laughs> let's social distance. So uh, yeah, so yeah, theaters say yeah they're blacking out like you know half of the auditorium to allow for that, and that's that's good. I mean, I'm seeing people post pictures of like them wearing a uh, face shield while sitting in a theater, and that's to me that's extreme. At that point, just stay home if you're that scared. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, you know. I mean, do, do what you got to do to and be safe. this weekend, I think we're going to be watching Mulan, but Disney did something where they are doing it and they're releasing it on Amazon or on uh, Disney Plus. Disney Plus, yeah. It makes sense for family movies. Yeah. To avoid theaters, yeah, because yeah, you don't you don't want a title that's going to bring in a lot of families with young kids, and you know, kind of pack auditoriums because that that could be a problem. So yeah, sticking to like adult oriented movies for the time being, yeah, it's probably the, the smart play. But it should be said like the, the theatrical business; it's a very resilient business. I mean, it, box office tracking has been around since like the nineteen thirties, yeah. So for close to like a hundred years, theatrical exhibition has survived. World War II, the Great Depression, it survived the advent of TV, it survived the internet. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm glad theaters are back. And, yeah, I just, I hope that we don't get any reports of, like, major outbreaks coming from, you know, screenings of Tenet or Wonder Woman. Because that that would be bad for theaters. And theaters, they, they need to stay open. So, I mean, that brings us to Tenet. Before we actually get into Tenet, let's just talk about Christopher Nolan for a minute here. He's uh, he's a big time filmmaker yeah. who inspires, I would say, feverish devotion amongst a lot of movie fans. He's one of the few filmmakers working today who can command a huge budget for an original film. And Tenet is one of the most expensive original movies ever made. Like I it's mean, like two hundred million, right? Or it was like two hundred fifty million. I think yeah, over two hundred, somewhere between like two and two fifty. Yeah. I mean, that's close to Avatar levels of budget spending. But yeah, you know, pretty much everything he does makes money, so he's a he's a safe bet in terms of like getting a return on your investment. Yeah, you know, I would say personally, I've been kind of hit or miss with Christopher Nolan. I'd say I legitimately enjoy maybe half of his films. You know, the other half I, I could take it or leave it. What about you? Would you say you're a fan? I am. I'm right there with you. Do you have a a favorite? Well, I have a series. I mean, the Dark Knight series has been a favorite of mine. Yeah. We saw the third one in theaters together. I think the third one's my least favorite. Uh, I don't think the Dark Knight Rises, you know, the one with Bane. Yeah. Talking through like a Fisher Price baby monitor. (laughs) 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 That's... You know, that, that's my least favorite Batman movie from him. But Batman Begins and The Dark Knight, The Dark Knight especially with the Joker, yeah. Heath Ledger. Yeah, uh, yeah that is, that's w- one of my favorites from him. And, um, you know, he, he broke out big with Memento. That was uh, just like a low-budget Sundance movie that crossed over in a big way. And, yeah, I would say The Dark Knight Memento are my favorites from him. I wasn't a fan of Dunkirk. Mm. Um, Dunker. I mean, but a lot, but a lot of people are. Well, so, and it, didn't, it has, uh, didn't he win an Oscar for that movie too? Well, it, I, it won Best Editing. Okay, which is something considering that movie's borderline incoherent. That's a, <laughs> it's an incoherent montage of boats and planes. Yeah, Dunkirk. It it not only won Oscars, it made half a billion at the box office. Yeah. So Christopher Nolan, he's at that level where he can just shoot boats and planes. And edit it together into like a frenzied montage, and he's going to the Oscars, and he's he's going to the bank, and yeah, Dunkirk is really kind of when like I I hit rock bottom with Christopher Nolan because I was hyped up to see it. I mean, it's got like ninety two percent on yeah. Rotten Tomatoes. Everyone's calling it like a nail biting masterpiece. And all I'm seeing are boats and planes. Yeah, there was no dialogue. I mean, there was the hardly same, any dialogue. The there same was hardly sh- any story. The same shots of boats and planes over and over. Yeah. That's not a movie. 
I respect the experiment. It's an experimental approach to a war film. Yeah. But not every experiment works out. Turns out you need characters. Well, I mean, and for, <laughs> and for me, I actually liked Interstellar. Sure. Um, I don't think you liked it, but I, I, I did. I mean, it wasn't. It it's wasn't a frustrating the best, movie, but it wasn't the worst. For me, it's a frustrating movie where it's like visually stunning, but there are character choices that just don't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, what is Matt Damon doing in that movie? I mean, he shows up and then just kind of instantly like kills himself. <laughs> well, what he is... tries to kill everybody else. Right? Why? Character motivations in that movie don't make any sense. I mean, we spend the whole journey with Matthew McConaughey so he can be reunited with his daughter. They have such a wrenching goodbye. Yeah. And then once he's back and he kind of visits her in the hospital, I mean, she's on her deathbed. Once he's finally reunited with her, like he goes into like her hospital room. He just kind of like holds her hand. And then he instantly leaves and goes back out into space. Well, because it wasn't his time anymore. <laughs> like he... Maybe, maybe have a lunch. How you been? It's so weird. I mean, at one point, we're decoding Morse code from dust on a bookshelf. Like, that's a major plot point. I mean, it's innovative and it's original. It's something. It's, for me, it's a long journey that isn't, isn't worth the destination is where I come out with Interstellar. It's very long and serious. But I respect it. Yeah. I, re- I don't love it, but I respect it. He's yeah, clearly a gifted filmmaker when it comes to just visual scale. Doesn't he do like, isn't he one of the directors that does like 50 takes every shot? You're thinking of Fincher. Oh, is that Fincher? Fincher okay. is the, yeah, the OCD. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to okay. do this like door opening shot a hundred <laughs> times. And that's, that's Kubrick also. Kubrick did that. And Nolan's been compared to Stanley Kubrick. You know, I think Stanley Kubrick had a better sense of humor in his films. I mean, Stanley Kubrick's movies are very cold and chilly. Yeah. But he has a dark sense of humor that you can... I mean, Clockwork Orange is hilarious if you're in the right mindset. <laughs> uh, Nolan's films are just kind of noteworthy for just how little humor and levity they have. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Interstellar is it's, it's stone not, cold yeah. serious. <laughs> and the movie we're going to talk about is... Serious. Yeah, moments of levity are very few and far between. And yeah, it just it makes me wonder like Like I don't even think any of any of the characters actually like smile. Maybe Robert Pattinson's character smiles. That's yeah, that's what I'm talking about. When I say like humor, I'm not talking about like characters stopping and telling knock knock jokes. No. Like like moments of levity where you see characters enjoying themselves yeah. on screen and you know, we the audience, we can kind of share in on that. Yeah, his movies are not not about that. No. Not not about that. Everyone is just kind of tortured and anguished and hyper determined. <laughs> <laughs> and that brings us to Tenet. This movie it has a, a 78% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is kind of on the lower end for a Christopher Nolan movie. Yeah, but I think that's probably because a lot of people didn't understand it. <laughs> but we'll, well a lot of the reviews we'll a lot of the reviews <laughs> talked about how just dense and confusing this movie is. So yeah, I don't feel alone. But yeah, overall, Nolan, he's had a pretty consistent, fresh track record with critics, and Tenet continues in that tradition. And I guess I'll make an attempt here to kind of sum up the general plot without going into spoilers. Uh, But if you want to go in cold, you know, like pause here and then see the movie come back. But um, generally, this is about a, a covert agency known as Tenet, and they are tracking pieces of debris that came from the future. These pieces of debris, they form an algorithm 
that is used in the future to invert the world yep. to reverse the effects of climate change. The inversion process happens inside a machine called the turnstile, which causes people or objects to move backwards in time. Yep. There you go. Wow. <laughs> I got more plot details from reading the Wikipedia than I did sitting through two and a half hours of this movie. A lot of those details I did not glean from actually watching this movie. Well, yeah, the the global warming thing, neither one of us I, picked up on I that. don't know when that's ever referenced or mentioned, but that is that's an I important it, motivation. It is important motivation. I, I just I, I got something completely different from, you know, why they were Inverting the world. <laughs> so. Well, I think Kenneth. Well, uh, yeah, I guess we can't really get into spoilers. Um, there's a ton of spoilers. In there's this. yeah. There's not. There's yeah. not really to much. really talk in depth. You, yeah. you got to get into spoilers. But uh, you know, just generally speaking, our main protagonist is played by John David Washington, who is whose character is literally named the protagonist. Yeah, That's... but who who is Denzel Washington's son? You know, he kind of broke out with Black Klansman a yep. few years ago. He was great in that. He he's solid he's, in this. He's fantastic. I yeah. really like him as an actor. Yeah. I I think I turned to you during it. I was like, yeah, you can definitely get the. I mean, he's he's got the Denzel voice. He definitely has some of Pop's swagger. Yeah. For sure. I mean, Denzel is one of the greats, and this guy has a lot of promise. Yeah. And he's very solid in this. He just he doesn't have much of a character to play here. He's literally he's just the protagonist. Yeah. He, he literally doesn't have a name. <laughs> like we we don't know anything about this character outside than... outside of this mission. Yeah. We don't know anything about his personal life. Nope. Yeah, I mean that's I guess that's another like typical Nolan touch. Like not much characterization. Yeah, not much background story. I mean, you don't even get that he, in the beginning, when they're going into the opera house, that he's a part of the CIA. No, I, I got that detail from Wikipedia. Yeah. I mean, the opening scene, I don't I don't even know what the hell is going on in the opening scene. You, I think you had a better grasp of it than I did, but there's, I mean, it opens with like a terrorist attack in an opera house. Well, okay, no, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this movie, this movie, man. Yeah, the, it is a terror attack, but it's because they found out about a U.S. spy and, and he was uncovered or unmasked or whatever. And so this whole terrorist attack was trying to get that U.S. spy out, which is why CIA came in and was pretending to be a part of, you know, the army. Okay. To infiltrate. Why, the, the why did they have to do that? Because, yeah, they're swapping out badges. Because they don't want the police, they don't want that country to find the spy. So they wanted to take the spy alone and, and make sure that it was in U.S. hands. And then the terrorists, they were trying to put bombs all in the audience to make it look like a huge terror attack. But it was really a covert operation to get the spy out. Or, or to kill the spy. Don't they? Aren't they? Look aren't it. they trying to get like an, a piece of the algorithm in that scene? Yeah. Is but, that from the spy, or is that a separate? No, like, that's object? from the spy. Right. Right. And he hid it in the coat hanger, or in the in his coat, right? Yeah. Um, but it turns out to be a fake, and this whole thing was just a test. Even the actual like terrorist attack that was fake. It, it it was a test. 
So, just, like, there weren't actually see. terrorists there. Mm-hmm. And there was a, just a test for the protagonist? Yeah. I mean, this test involves hundreds of people? Yeah. I, I, I'm confused. And then the Russian, some Russian operative was going to kill him, and he took the cyanide pill, and that cyanide pill was a fake? I remember that, yeah. I and, mean, an interesting yeah. scene where they're at, like, a railroad track, and he's held captive by the terrorists and because he doesn't break yeah. he bites down on the capsule which is a fake yeah that he passes the tenant test <laughs> he passes the tenant test all his other all his other cia agents did not and did they die yeah and this is a test yeah okay to save the world okay because it's a tenant it's supposed to be top secret. Like, you can't spill. Well, yeah, you got to have the best of the best. Yeah. Is Tenet's only goal is, like, tracking this algorithm? Algorithm, yeah, and to save the planet and save the world. Essentially, this movie, it's Nolan's version of, like, a James Bond movie. Yeah. But with, like, a hard sci-fi element. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we won't, we won't go too much more in depth, you know, until we break for spoilers, but... I guess, you know, broad strokes, what what were your feelings on this film? I mean, I thought it was too long. It's, I mean... It's I, two and a half hours. Yeah, I... <laughs> full two and a half. I mean, that, I, I did think it was too long. Uh, at, at one point, I think two hours in, you like you you turned to me and you're like, how much longer is this? And you're never like, a good sign. And I'm no. like, 30 minutes? And you're like, oh, God. <laughs> That's not well, a sign of enjoyment. No, I mean... <laughs> I, I enjoyed it. I mean, I, I enjoyed it because it was the first movie we've seen in the theater since March. You nice know, to get out. it all in. We had a nice dinner beforehand. Well, we saw, this, we saw like, this in IMAX. We, we saw, saw this. IMAX, and this is like yeah. 70 millimeter legit IMAX. So it's a huge screen. This movie shot, a good portion of it shot in IMAX. And it looks, yeah, it looks spectacular. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, the acting was great all around. I mean, there was no, in my opinion, weak link. I mean, Robert Pattinson's character was really good. I liked him. There's no Anne Hathaway here just crying for no reason. I mean, yeah. I mean, there was <laughs> every character had a place. Yeah, this is one of his better cast movies. Yeah. The, the cast here does really work well together. I think it was a little too convoluted, a little too confusing, that it took away from the actual movie and story and well, our ability to enjoy it yeah because we're yeah like in most previous nolan films there usually comes a moment where everything kind of clicks together and in most good sci-fi movies you know like an avatar or inception there's a moment where we like the audience is kind of brought on board yeah into the world i yeah. mean the matrix has this as well and we feel like we fully understand the rules of this world that's being created. And I don't know if this movie has that moment where the audience is fully brought in. No. It feels like the audience is kind of just at arm's length, the whole movie. The movie it reveals more of itself in like the back half. Yeah. Like answers, it, certain pieces start to come together a little more firmly in the back half. But I, yeah, I, I still wouldn't say like I had that. Aha moment. Right. Yeah. That, that moment where I feel like I'm, I'm fully grounded in the rules of this world. Yeah. And I understand what the stakes are, what the motivations are, and like just what in general the hell is going on. I mean, <laughs> it I, didn't really happen. I think this movie is going to, you, you need to watch it probably a couple of times to really understand. Right. Which feels like a cop out. Well, whenever people say that, like you got to see it more than once, yeah. I, I feel like saying like a movie should work. The first time the first you watch time around, it, yeah. ideally it should work. And, you know, if you get more from it on repeat viewings, 
that's that's a bonus. But a, a movie should make sense on a first viewing. <laughs> and it's, yeah, it, it's questionable if this one does. <laughs> I'm not sure if it's like my deficiency as a viewer, because there's a whole lot of exposition that I'm sure I turned out. Or if it's like a deficiency of this movie, where like this is just not great screenwriting, like just not streamlined storytelling and not not efficiently told. I'm not sure. Honestly, I mean, I think, you know, the timeline, I mean, there was a lot of duplicate scenes, right? But from different perspectives. Sure. And I think that it gets confusing. We see one hallway fight. Yeah. That goes on way too long. Yeah. We see that twice. Yeah. <laughs> it's... Yeah, and that's yeah, that's probably my like the only time the movie like annoyed me because that fight it's just handheld like close up. It's just them like pounding each yeah. other. It's the only scene in the movie that doesn't look any good, and it goes on forever. And then we see it twice. I think. I mean, I'm gonna be honest. I think the IMAX didn't really do it for me. I mean, I think I got with like the steady hand. Well, with the handheld stuff in this movie, there's a lot of handheld stuff, and I was getting a little like. Okay, I had to take my eyes away. You know, right. getting a little dizzy, right? Because you don't just... like too much movement, the like camera movement on the screen. No, I mean I don't care about the movement of the characters. Just the, not the, the camera, camera movement. The camera movement. Well, yeah, because it makes me nauseous. That's why you didn't like gravity. Yeah, because the camera, yeah, camera's exactly always spinning. That's exactly why I didn't like gravity. It was. It, I mean, I would not be a good person to put in space. <laughs> yeah, this theater. We saw this at like, Mall of Georgia, and I typically don't really go to this theater, but. Christopher Nolan movies, they are usually shot in the IMAX format. I mean, he's been doing that since The Dark Knight, where he's been like filming sequences in IMAX. And I, I mean, the IMAX stuff in IMAX looks pretty sharp, yeah. I would say. And yeah, I would say, you know, my general impressions just on the positive, this is one of Nolan's best looking movies. Yeah, it looked great. It's a really just stunningly beautiful movie from beginning to end. And the action is top notch. The act, like the practical action here, is yeah. great, and the score is pretty great. I mean, this is score kind is of, loud. Well, the whole movie is loud. It's like whoa. A lot I of mean, people complain they couldn't hear the dialogue, and I don't know if I had that problem. But I mean, the the sound effects are definitely cranked way the hell up. <laughs> and there's, I mean, it, shit's exploding yeah. and guns are going off all the time. So this is a yeah, very loud movie. But no, I mean, like the action really delivered for me. Everything here is practical. I would say this is like the best, some of the best practically shot action I've seen since Mad Max. So, oh wow, that's high praise for you. I mean, what what else is there? There's the Marvel shit, <laughs> which is all CG. So I really appreciate that. Like Nolan, he really tried to up his game in terms of shooting, yeah, big practical action all in camera, just getting an epic scale all all in camera without green screen. He's working at the top of his game here in terms of that spectacle. Yeah, so the, the one of the cool scenes. There's so many cool action scenes. It, it was the plane. Sure. And yeah. Then it ran over all those cars. And I was. Oh like, yeah, 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 yeah. I a lot like, of you. You would wish that you could do that on GTA. Is, yeah, GTA <laughs> wish list. There's yeah, I mean, shit is really getting destroyed big time in this movie. And that yeah, that airplane like it crashes into the hangar, and the hangar just like crumples inward. Yeah. Like it's a lot of just mass destruction, and again, no pixels. So like it's all really convincing and spectacular. If anything, I mean, there's almost too much action in this movie because by the end, I mean, we get a big ass battle scene, and you're kind of worn out. Yes. At least I was starting to feel worn out. Yeah. And like the movie still has a big ass uh, battle scene to go. 
that final action scene, which we'll talk about, I guess, more in spoilers, even though I was worn out and I had to take a piss, it's still spectacular yeah. what's going on in that final scene. So, yeah, it's yeah, it's a visually striking movie and just very ambitious. But this plot, <laughs> I, I mean, what, what the hell? <laughs> like, like, I wouldn't suggest... The story left me cold. Yeah, well, yeah, I wouldn't suggest drinking in this movie. <laughs> I wouldn't suggest smoking up beforehand in this from this movie. This movie demands a lot from I, its audience. I mean, you really have to pay attention. I... Don't go pee... Because you'll miss something. Like, I mean... And I think people have that expectation with Nolan. Like, you know, he's he's going to raise the bar. He's going to ask a lot from you. I've never, had the, I've never had this problem with other Nolan movies where I'm just generally befuddled for the entire runtime. <laughs> and I, like, I, I, I never really feel like I have a firm grasp on everything that's happening. Yeah. Most Nolan movies, I, I feel like I, I, I crack it at a certain point. And this movie, I, I never had that moment. So why don't we take a quick break? Yeah, we need to get into some spoilers. <laughs> if we come back, we'll, we'll get into spoilers. Uh, we'll try to. We'll, we'll try to make sense of this. Yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, we're back. We're going to get into spoilers for Tenet. I mean, we're going to do our best to kind of <laughs> piece this puzzle together. You know, I guess one of the big surprising, unexpected moments for me is that we do go through the turnstile yes. with the protagonist. And we we go through an inverted reality. Yes. And this is kind of deep into the movie. This is like, I think, over, like past the 90-minute mark. But that was that was one of my favorite moments when like an inverted Kenneth Branagh comes out. Like he shoots an inverted bullet yep. into Elizabeth Debicki. He like punches her to the ground, steps yeah. on her face. <laughs> she she kind of gets like the shit treatment here. She does. Like, okay, well, let's go, I guess, go into like her character. Yeah. You, you just kind of went right into that moment and right. that scene. So, <laughs> this is spoilers. <laughs> you just you go right for it. I don't, I don't know where to start. I don't know where to start. <laughs> like what... Her and Kenneth Branagh, like, what are their characters in this movie? Like, they're they're important characters. Yeah. And Kenneth Branagh is the villain. He's the villain. He's the bad guy. And she's married to the villain. Yeah. And she, a- she's... And a bad marriage. They have a bad marriage, a, an abuse, physically abusive marriage. And she's willing to work with the protagonist. Yeah. So even before then, we, we get introduced to the Mumbai... Priya? Priya. She's the the arms the arms dealer. Yeah, she's the arms dealer and that's a spoiler because they thought it was her husband, but it was really her as the person in charge of 
the weapons and black market and things like that. So they that was a really cool scene when that's where he meets Robert Pattinson, right? In the hotel. Is that when they slingshot up the skyscraper? Yeah. Why why do they slingshot up the skyscraper? Because is that, like is that technology established at any point? Well, so we don't see it at any other point in the movie, and it's just—I mean, it's cool as hell. But like, what? What's going on? Like, <laughs> like, why did they go there? Like, why not take an elevator? Why are they slingshotting up a skyscraper? Because it's all private, and there's all armed men, and they want to get in and out without being seen. Why does it look like they're defying gravity? It's like a slingshot. Are they connected with like a cord? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he throws, or he like uses a slingshot and throws it up to where they need to go. Got it. Okay. It's just, and then they they get slung themselves. It's on yeah. The it's a really cool visual. It's just it, there's no setup for it. There's really no setup for anything in this movie. Like like we just go scene to scene and like shit is happening. Well, I think they went to see this arms dealer in Mumbai. There was a whole bunch of things that were inverted and they're building a machine and all of these things. Then that's when they go about the bullet and they said, if anybody knows how these things get in and out, it's... it's Well, yeah, he's tracking the inverted bullet. Yeah. And that leads him to the arms dealer. Yes. And then that leads him to Kenneth Branagh. Yes. And Elizabeth Debicki. And there's there's the whole, like, convoluted bit with her art piece. Like, they have to crash this plane to get her art. So, <laughs> so... There's something. Elizabeth Branagh, um, the wife, sold... Uh, knowingly sold a fake art piece to her husband so she could get the money to leave him. And so he knew it was fake or he found out it was fake and was holding that over her head with, you know, because that's illegal. And he was threatening to turn her into the cops. And then they have a son. So he pretty much took the son away at that moment. Right. And so that was the only piece of blackmail that he had on her. So she couldn't leave with her and her son. And so they're going to get the real painting so she can get free of her son or free of free with well, her son. Yeah. So he had the painting, the fake painting in that hanger. Hang- that was a fake painting. That's the fake painting in the hanger. <laughs> and they were going to get the fake one. I mean, this is. I mean, this is quite an elaborate mission to get a fake painting. Yeah. Uh, and Just so he could get a meeting <laughs> with her husband. Kill me. And we're not. Who's we're, Seder. we're barely even halfway through. Yeah. <laughs> of explaining this. Well, yeah, and this, like, right after this, like, airplane scene, this is when he fights. He has this hallway fight, right? Yeah. And it turns out he's actually fighting his inverted self. Yes. Which is a cool twist. It is a cool twist. It's a cool twist. I don't uh, like. I don't know what the significance of that is, other than just now I know who he was fighting. I mean, it doesn't. Does that weigh at all on the story? Well, that, that sort of like paradox moment, or is no, it just? No, I just think it's probably cool. I mean, you're right. fighting your yourself. I mean, there's a lot of <laughs> things that you can take from that. I wish that fight was choreographed and not just like a bunch of handheld like fists of flailing. It was choreographed. He had was to, it? Yeah, he had to learn how to fight backwards. <laughs> Maybe that's why I look like such a mess. Yeah. <laughs> 
I it, did, yeah. it, 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 he had to learn how to fight backwards. I mean, it was it was a choreographed thing. Sure. I to me that scene is is just pretty messy visually and very chaotic, and it goes on really long. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it pays off when we realize that he is fighting himself. You know, after he inverts through the turnstile and comes back. Well, I mean, the whole reason why they're why that character is back in the hangar is to take the wife because she was shot to take her through that to go forward in time so she doesn't die and so she heals. So that was the whole thing was to save the wife. And they don't really have like any romantic connection. No, no. There, I mean, it has. I think he just feels bad. Sure. Getting her involved. So he's taken her life kind of in his hands. Do I mean, do we get like a character moment where he's like, oh, I feel bad. This is why I'm doing this. No. That would help. Yeah. L- little little things like that would help just orient our understanding of the scenes better. Yeah. And in my case, it would greatly increase my enjoyment yeah. of the movie if I had a better grasp. And so, I mean, there's a whole bunch of scenes about going inverted and, you know, regular time and going back in time. There's a couple cool and, car chases. I mean, very cool car chases that happen multiple times. So you, you see it once and it's regular. Right. And then you go through the inverted machine and then you see it again. And it's back up. And, and he's trying to figure out where the piece of the algorithm went to. Well, at one point, he's like he's on like a fire truck. Yeah. Is that like the second car chase? Yeah. And that he's just he's trying to break in and get the algorithm, yep. I guess. It is, yeah, it's a cool action scene. It's so cool. Yeah, just a lot of great action beats in this. Um, but I don't think he was inverted at that time. Because that's when he originally, I'll take your word for it. originally uh, stole it. That oh. was in the original plan. So he, when he goes back, he doesn't go back to that time. He goes back right after he stole it. And then they, they're in that car chase. And then they realize that... The bad guy has his wife to, at gunpoint. And so, and then he gives the piece of the algorithm to, or he gives the case. Right. Like a handoff while they're driving. Yeah, but he didn't give the algorithm to him. He just gave the case. Sure. And so that's why he went back in time was to really, to, to get the algorithm piece that was in the truck, or that was in the glove compartment of the car. Okay. And it didn't work. I mean, you know, the bad guy got it, you know. And then the bad guy ends up getting the whole algorithm, right? He puts it all together. Sure. To invert the world. And it, his motivation is just like, I have cancer and I... If 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 I'm going to die, everyone's going to die. Exactly. He wants to play God. <sighs> But we never catch on, at least I didn't catch on, the whole global warming aspect. Like, that, to me, wasn't... Well, did you catch that he was talking to people from the future? Because according to the Wikipedia, he was in communication with the future. I believe it's, like, with people from the future, and he knows what they're planning to do with it, and so he's going to beat them to the punch. Yeah. I think is, is the gist? Yeah. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> I, I mean, I need a nap. <laughs> and then you know the end battle. Yeah, yeah. Now, now we get now we're in like the final like thirty minutes, and this is where Aaron Taylor Johnson comes yep. in, kick ass himself. Yeah. And he's leading a temporal pincer movement. Yeah. So <clears throat> two teams 
one's going normal time and the other team is working inverted inverted so they're coming they're working back in time and it's a big ass action scene where half of it's going in reverse half of it's going forward yeah. and it's kind of blowing my mind it's, like, i mean it's cool looking right I mean, but here, here's a question it's confusing here, here's here's just a basic question why why is this needed why is why do we need one in forward and the other in reverse did I, you catch that? I think it was to see where people are coming from and to be able to, because there was an army there, right? I mean, there was, I mean, there, there's a lot of bad guys in this spot. And why did the algorithm end up in this spot? Like, this seems like just an arbitrary this, spot to this, have a climax. This city was the bad guy's home. Kenneth Branagh's. Yeah. But it's just an empty desert. Yeah. Well, because there was a big explosion that happened. That killed everybody, except that's why they picked this guy, is because he it was right place, right time. And he found the first piece when you in say, his city. When you say this guy, you mean the protagonist? No, the bad guy. Okay. That's why the future people picked this guy, the bad guy. Because Seder, he just, he right? happened Seder, to, right? Seder, yeah, because he happened to find the first piece. He happened to find the first piece in his hometown that got blown to bits do we know why like pieces from the future because are ending up yeah so the original person that put that figured all this out who created the algorithm knew that it was dangerous so what did she do she tried to hide these pieces in the past <laughs> A in little, different areas a little scavenger hunt yeah in different areas <laughs> of the world but in the past. Um, Couldn't she just leave it in one place and just tell people where to get it? She didn't want people to get it. Okay. Well, then couldn't she destroy these pieces? Why hide them and I, scatter I, I them? I don't know. Just destroy them. I, I don't know if she could. I don't know. That's a question. Yeah. And we're not even done <laughs> with the twists and turns. I mean, at one point, they're trying to like throw something down a well. That was the algorithm. Try Right. And then they had a bomb. Okay. So they were going to go kaplooey, and it was going to invert the world. But the protagonist gets saved by a dead Robert Pattinson? Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> but Robert Pattinson also saved him. He was also at the opera house, and he saved him from an inverted bullet. That's how he found out about the inverted bullet. How How is he doing this? How is Robert Pattinson? Because he's going back in time. He's from the future. So is this where he dies? Yes. This, okay. But he's from the future. Sure. Yeah, I got I got that. And then you find out that the protagonist and Robert Pattinson, he doesn't really meet Robert Pattinson in the protagonist's timeline until a couple years later. And so it was the beginning of their relationship, but Robert Pattinson is... He knows he's going to die because he's he's opening that gate and he knows that that's where he needs to be. He like he sacrifices himself. Himself. Yeah. And yeah, Robert Pattinson is, is good in this. I could have used like some more buddy action between the two of them. Yeah. We don't. I mean, Robert Pattinson, he's really just kind of on the sidelines. He just kind of like. He helps him. He just kind of comes in and out. Yeah. He doesn't. Yeah. He's really just there to help help our protagonist. Exactly. <laughs> that's it. Um, but no, I could have used, I guess, just like a more central, like duo kind of flick, like Lethal Weapon style. Yeah. 
and because they're good like they're a good duo they're good on screen they're good together we just we don't we don't really get enough of them together, yeah. I guess, in my in my view. And then... But that would be too much fun. And that's not what this movie's about. And <laughs> so the protagonist gives the the ex-wife... The ex-wife, eventually, he, she kills the ba- her husband, right? Shoots she, him with, like, a silencer. She kills her husband ahead of time. But it, it's all supposed to work out because, you know, she dives off the boat. And that's who she, her past self sees. And... <laughs> It's nice when Kenneth Branagh gets it because he's really like a shit heel. Yeah, he's he's not a good guy. Not a good guy at all. And then, you know, he makes a deal with Priya to, you know, make sure that the the wife and, and her son are safe. And then at the end, she calls that cell phone that he gave her. And the guy ends up being in Priya's car. The protagonist. The protagonist ends up being in Priya's car and then shoots Priya and her hitman before she tries to shoot the wife and the son to tie up loose ends. And then there's a big reveal that ultimately he is the one who is in charge. The protagonist is the one who is in charge of the whole tenant operation to begin with. That doesn't happen until the, the future? Yes. Right. And, and they all work for him. Right. So mind blown. <laughs> Sure. I mean, I'm getting a little dizzy just talking about yeah what happened in this movie. And a, a lot of this is conveyed through just dense dialogue uh, exposition dumps. And yeah, this movie does a lot of telling instead of showing Yeah, when it comes to exposition. And that may have been why I miss so much because I kind of instinctively just tune out dialogue exposition. <laughs> so yeah, that, I mean, that's... That brings us to the end. It, yeah. it, she's reunited with her kid, yeah. Elizabeth Debicki. Yeah, and that's the, they they walk off in the sunset. And not, kind of a, yeah, yeah. Mi- mild happy ending. Yeah, I guess a film by Christopher Nolan. I mean, honestly, I don't know if I would make this a, a, a great date movie. It's There's, too cold for yeah. a date movie. It's just it's very cold. I mean, Inception had more warmth to it, and Inception's a pretty chilly ass movie. Yeah, this is just this is ice cold. So it's not great for a date. Uh, no and you have to pay attention so there's no like (laughs) snuggling damn movies i know making us pay attention seriously well no Um, yeah it demands a a lot yeah Uh, yeah and i would probably rank this probably a b minus sure i think i'm at a b yeah i I mean it could go up or down on on a second viewing exactly like you we probably need to watch this again yeah, I mean, this is the best we can do just on a first viewing. This is the most we can make sense of it. I'm sure I would get more understanding from another viewing. That doesn't mean that I would like the movie more. It just yeah. means, like, I understand the plot better. There you go. But I'll say this. It's not just boats and planes. There's an actual movie here. There is an actual movie There here. are characters. There is characters. There's a storyline. So this is a big step up from Dunkirk, yeah. in my opinion. <laughs> so this is a, a step in the right direction. And, you know, if Nolan wants to keep making, like original $200 million action-packed sci-fi movies. I mean, go go for it. Yeah. Have at it, King. I just... Uh, yeah, I wish it made more sense. I wish it was 30 minutes. <laughs> they cut 30 minutes from the film. All of his movies. Yeah. Uh, with the exception of Memento and maybe The Dark Knight, which are both really well-paced, pretty much all of his movies are just way too long. Yeah. Even Dunkirk, which is his shortest movie, feels like it's three hours. <laughs> 
Just seeing those same shots over and over. So yeah, not not great for a date, Mm-mm. but um, but not not a terrible movie. Not a terrible it's, start it's not, to the season. It's not a home run, but um, it, it's not a wipeout or disaster. It's, I don't I don't think it's going to be Oscar worthy. Well, I mean, maybe with screenplay. Well, I guess the question is like, Who I knows? mean, the Nolan the Nolan faithful are going to eat this up. I mean, like they I mean they ate up boats and planes. The movie, but the question is, like, is this? Is this going to play to like more casual viewers going yeah, into this casually? Are, are you going to get much from it? I don't think so. You, you got to be like a Nolan faithful. And there's yeah. plenty of them. So uh, it'll be curious to see how this does in a pandemic. That's true. Yeah. Well, it's the only thing that's planned. So, I mean. Pretty it, much. It, it, Until like that. Wonder Woman. Yeah. yeah. This is like the only big movie. So it's got plenty of plenty of screens to itself. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, But that's Tenet. Written and directed by Christopher Nolan. You can find more episodes at anchor.fm slash movie date night, as well as on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We're on Twitter at DN Movie Podcast, and you can also email us at date night movie podcast at gmail.com. Until next time, I'm Patrick. I'm Ashley. Thanks for listening. See ya.